Hey everybody, this is Matt. And Nicole. On this episode of After the Kid Goes Down, we're going to watch The Abyss. Let's go! So this is a listener recommendation, right? It is. It is. Ben Nissen Art recommended this to us, The Abyss. What did Ben Nissen Art say about this? Like, do people just go, Abyss, and their DMs, or do they? Yeah. Well, no, I put out a question sticker on Instagram, and I asked for people to give us recommendations. So, yeah, he did just say, The Abyss, and that was the end of it. But, I mean, like, I put it up. Yesterday is a coming soon ATKGD, and I only had a few people answered answer, but they were all like our trusted fans, I guess. Like, okay. and they all were gushing about Opposed it. Opposed to our not trusted fans. Well, like it was randos NPCs. <laughs> it was between Ben and Morgan, and then Florence P fan. Like those are like three people that I trust, mm-hmm. and they were all three of them were like gushed about this film. Um, it's James Cameron. You've never seen it? No, have you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I've seen it uh, a couple times. I feel like this was a movie that used to be on um, what we used to call cable television a lot. Um, it was on, it was like it was like a TNT, or it was on some channel all the time. I don't want to talk about what scenes I remember from it, because I don't want to spoil anything for When's you. When's the last time you saw it? I mean, I was probably in high school. Definitely, okay, prob- so it's been definitely a while. in high school. Yeah, it's been a while. Um James Cameron, right? Yes. Yep. Um, early James Cameron. Yes. Um, what do More you know scene- about it? Anything? <laughs> More scenes in water. Yes. He really seems to like his scenes in water. No, I know nothing. I mean, I know that like a lot of it is underwater, and that's about it. Is it an underwater creature? I don't know. Let's say, see how many times we can say underwater this episode. <laughs> um, I I don't want to say anything because it's it, the whole premise of the film is like is kind of like what is under the water. So all I know is we tried to rent this movie. Oh yesterday, my god! Yeah, and it is we discovered unstreamable. We didn't try to rent it at first. We tried to just watch the goddamn thing, and like you can't find it anywhere, right? No, you can't find it anywhere. Well, it says it's on Amazon, and then you go on Amazon, and it's like nope. Yeah. So. But the Amazon thing that we were staring at forever said, like, suspense, anxiety, thriller. So that's what I'm expecting. Oh. Anxiety. You mean describing the movie? Yes. Okay, yeah. Why is anxiety, like, one of the things you would list? It causes anxiety. <laughs> it's just like... It does. It does. This movie does cause anxiety. So Great. buckle up. Great. Um, it's interesting that Amazon Prime, it says it's un- unavailable in your location. Yeah, like, but then when the thing you found after us made it sound like it's just not available to stream anywhere but, at all, ever. But why? Like, James Cameron, like, makes these big films that everybody sees. Like, it was just surprising to me that you... This is a movie that you can't find. It's a very... Like, it's not like it's some independent film that you gotta try to find and seek out. This is, like, The Abyss, which is, like, a big sci-fi movie when it came out. Yeah. And you can't... We had to go to our local library... To yes. rent it, well, which is like some, that's a sentence I haven't said since like 1998. Like, what, I think we should do that. Like, Ari is always telling us, I don't understand why you guys don't go to your library. 
Because sometimes we rent these things. Like we Why leave cons- your house if you don't have to? Well, I mean, we spend a considerable a considerable amount of money trying to watch these films each yeah, season. Usually we could to- just rent them from our library, like. Yeah, typically we get lucky if they're streaming on a service we're subscribing to, but typically we have to what rent them for two ninety nine or three ninety nine. Yeah, but then we also subscribe to every friggin' streaming yeah, platform. Yeah, we do. It's like a lot. It's just a lot. Like we could just support our library. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but then you have to get like a DVD player. A DVD player. We can do. We just, you do. You can we need just one. play it on the thing that the Cylons left? <laughs> the PS Five. It yeah. does look like a Cylon. Um. Yeah, but, like, not everybody has that. So, like, and we're not going to have it soon because I have to, like, return it to where I got it from. So, like, <laughs> we're going to... Where'd it, you get it from? Don't man? worry about it. It fell off a truck somewhere. <laughs> um, so, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, 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 odd, it's just odd to me. You know, and the fact that, like, you, you checked out the four local libraries and two of them we're like, like, oh, missing. no, somebody stole that shit. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. The Abyss? Really? Like, yeah. is there a black market for the Abyss? I don't understand what's happening here. I even went to Best Buy.com to see if it was at our local Best Buy, and it's like, not in stock. It's like, what the shit, man? We couldn't yeah. even, I couldn't even buy it on Best Buy.com and have it shipped to us, like, in a couple of days. I feel like, didn't we have a movie first season that was like that? Was that Old Boy? That was yeah, like Old really Boy was hard, hard to, to find. Yep. Yeah, but Old Boy is a f- is but not, it's a foreign it's a picture. Foreign film that has a cult following. This is like the an Ed Harris <laughs> headlining sci-fi film by James Cameron, yeah. and you can't yeah. find it. Mm-hmm. Like our listeners right now, if we tell them watch this movie before you listen to the rest of this episode, you can't do it unless you have a library nearby. Everybody has a library nearby. First of all, second yeah. of all, I guess they could just wait for it to come to cable TV. You're assuming they have cable TV. I mean, they might. And what happens if their library doesn't have it because people are stealing the fucking abyss? I don't know. Nobody can watch this film. Nope. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Hopefully you've already seen it because you can't watch it now. You ready to go watch it now? Yes. Okay. Yeah. The Abyss. Released in 1989. Directed by James Cameron. Written by James Cameron. Currently available to rent at your local library. <laughs> Starring Ed Harris, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, and Michael Bean. A civilian diving team is enlisted to search for a lost nuclear submarine and faces danger while encountering an alien aquatic species. All right. So, we just finished watching The Abyss, and we're drinking Frog Alley Winter Ale. We're splitting it. What, is that weird? <laughs> well, what you did was really weird, but it's cool. Local beer uh, brewed in Schenectady, New York, nearby. So, let's talk about this movie. So <laughs> Let's do it. What, uh, what'd you think? Gut reaction. James Cameron is very silly. <laughs> Am I allowed to That's say that? That's your initial reaction? James yeah. Cameron is very silly. Yeah. What makes he's you say a, that? He's a silly, silly man. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I liked it a lot. It was pretty epic. I was anxious as a descriptor for this movie. It was yep. a good one. Yep. Um, but then the little, like, alien creatures sort of yeah. took me... 
I mean, like, I, I liked it all the way through, but the alien creatures, like, took me out of it a little bit. Well, the alien creatures throughout the whole movie, or just when you saw the close-ups of their, like, generic alien faces? Just when you saw their yeah. generic alien faces. Because I was, like, waiting for, like, waiting the entire time for them to come and save them, so I knew yeah. that that was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't, like, any sort of surprise, but, like... Yeah, I just thought, okay, well, like, one of them, they can swim really fast, so, like, one of them's going to come and, like, push him back up to the ship, and it's going to be, everything's going to be fine. It was like an angel. Instead, it was like a legit angel with, like, a little, like, alien face and three fingers. Well, I don't know. What's interesting is, for me, I have apparently have only ever seen the extended version. Oh, really? So, so we watched the theatrical version yeah, on we, this DVD. On a DVD that was very <laughs> difficult to get going. By the way, DVDs, what a terrible product. Um, <laughs> it's not a terrible product, but the fact that it takes more than one button to play the movie, which is such a first world problem, but like well, they're kind of cumbersome to get through. They are, and then we start ours, and it's like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> We, so we have a large, we have a large TV. Yeah, but the the aspect ratio of this film was like the middle. There must have been four to five inches of black around the entire film, so it looked like a screen within a screen, mm-hmm. which is kind of annoying. But I didn't notice it as much when I was in the middle of the movie, you yeah. know. But uh, no, so in the in the extended version, which uh, our boy Roger Ebert, I believe. Says actually makes makes the film a more well-rounded film. If I'm looking at Ari's uh, research correctly, Siskel said that uh, it's been improved. It makes it more well-rounded. The aliens have a much bigger role in the end. And that's the version I remember. So in the version you just watched, they essentially like save him. Like, oh man, you love your wife. We're going to save your life. And that's the end of it. Which sounds We love her too. She touched us. Yeah. She touched us, uh, and it felt good. Um, but in the extended version that I have seen and I was used to, there's a much more backdrop of like Soviet American war going on, and we're on the brink of war. And when Ed, there's a whole n- that scene with him and the aliens is like twice as long in the extended version. They are essentially they set up, if I remember correctly, to destroy the planet. They like create a giant tsunami that's going to wipe out a bunch of coast cities they're like ready to wipe out the planet and Ed harris is like why would you do that and they show him clips of all the wars mankind have been a part of and how they're about to be another nuclear war and these aliens are like so we're just gonna take you all out of your misery <laughs> and then harris convinces them that there's good here and like convinces them to not destroy the planet and the tsunami like fades away and like that's where they make the comment of the storm just seem to go away it's like hinted at that they control the weather. So there's a whole like saving humanity moment in that last scene that makes that last scene much more epic. Cause it's not just about Ed Harrison's wife. It all of a sudden becomes about like everything that's been going on. Do they talk to him with voices or like on the like no, they, fake they, screen? Yeah. They use the water as like, they show him like news clippings like, Through, via the water. Yeah. Like, you know how he, they show the words, they do the same thing, but with like news. And then they're like, we're going to drop a tsunami. Yeah, they're like, well, they don't say it, but then, like, they show, like, because at that point in the film, like I said, the whole film is intercut with what's going on in the rest of the world. And so you're aware that this is going on. And so they show him the news clips of the tsunami, like, going to hit Japan and all this bad stuff is going to happen. And he's like, oh, shit. So it's, like, not just a storm. It's, like, all this other shit that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, the apocalypse, essentially. 
that's why when the aliens decide to rescue him and they come up out of the water, it's like more of an oh, thank God moment than just like let's reunite this angry <laughs> this couple. Rig- yeah. <laughs> yeah. This weird ragtag group of people that work on a rig. Yeah. Originally going to be scientists, but James Cameron decided to be more endearing if they were blue collar oil workers. So, yeah. Um, so, does that make it better? Like, you liked it better? I liked it better in the extended version. Okay. Because I feel like the, the climax was was bigger, was more drawn out. Because watching this, I was like, I knew you were going to think it was silly. I'm like, <laughs> this is this is a very, like, the whole movie's been building to this, this climactic, like, alien reveal. And they're essentially like, we like you, Ed Harris. And, like, that's the end of it. <laughs> that's like, old head. That's, that's lame. Well, what, yeah. okay, so let's ignore, it sounds weird, but let's ignore that part of it. Well, okay, because there's a lot of movie before yeah. that part of it. So what do you think of the rest of the movie? I mean, I thought it, it built tension really well. Um, purely from looking at photos, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a monster movie. Oh, you, so, you were expecting not, like a horror sci-fi. Yeah. So, and it's not at all. Mm-hmm. Most of the tension has to do with this man who has, like, underwater psychosis and it's almost like a survivalist film yeah um which i liked a lot and i was definitely on the edge of my seat i guess i don't know yeah what do you think about the acting (laughs) um it was all really good i mean it's ed harris and was it mary elizabeth master riani who now we've seen what three films a couple of films by her yeah she's good right because she's in fucking hated filming this film did she they all did well, because they're yeah. in fucking cold water. Yeah. James Cameron, stop. Well, Nobody <laughs> likes it. Well, so yeah. So apparently they would be, they were in this 50-foot tank, so they didn't have to be depressurized every time. But they filmed th- like a, thir- a third of the footage was shot underwater with them. And it was like a miserable shoot. And they were like, he made at them one point. be underwater? Like, yeah. Like, not just like uh, in a like stage no, summary. No, they but, like. like under the water. Yeah, he created like state of the art systems so he could. Com- of course, of he course, did. he did. He's James Cameron. Like <laughs> he like created these whole systems where he could talk to them through their helmets and and direct them that way and blah 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 and like. But like there were times, I guess, allegedly, where like he he didn't tell them the cameras weren't rolling, and like she like almost drowned at one point because of that. And then actually at one point Cameron himself was like left because he would be of course like suspended underwater with them. Cause why not? And, uh, like, I do not like him. And like, like, well, hold on. Him. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go so, ahead. so then some attendant who was supposed to be watching his auction levels, like went on fucking break and Cameron was like left under the water, like, and had to, like, swim to the surface and be like, motherfuckers, like, I need oxygen down here. So, like, several people almost died. Ed Harris said in the scene where he's smacking her, like, James Cameron just kind of let him keep smacking her, and, like, Ed Harris ended up punching James Cameron in the face at one point, because, like, we're not fucking animals, bro. And I guess James Cameron recently did a master class where he talked about filmmaking, and in that, he talks about how he really regrets how he directed the film. He says he has some quote that Ari found about how the film was more important than the actors, and that wasn't fair to them. Like he clearly regrets having shot it this way, and he he repeatedly brings up Ron Howard. Like he visited Ron Howard shooting a film, and was like amazed at how Ron Howard treats his cast like super well. <laughs> and, and he and he was like, I, I I'm constantly trying to find my inner Ron Ron Howard. So my guess is. 
he's probably changed, especially because you do see, um, like in his career, a lot of the same people kind of work with him, except like this cast. So this must just been a crazy. It sounds like a crazy, miserable shoot. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Does he use the same fifty-gallon tank for Titanic? Like, did he just (laughs) like he's like, let's go back, let's do what part of him was like, let's do this again? He's 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 a weirdo. He's He's a a weirdo, but he's one of these guys that like clearly knows what makes good drama. He knows how to construct a film. I'm not so sure how much depth there are to his films, which has always been my complaint of his. Even though I love Terminator and T and T two, but yeah, even but those, like, like how deep are those? He just he well, makes... they're they're deeper than I anticipated them being, which was not deep. I anticipated like no depth whatsoever. So even just a teensy amount was like perfect for mm-hmm. those. But his films aren't like like what like what cinema, level? You know, like okay. right. What level of deep do you want here, though? No, I don't think I want <laughs> that deep. No pun intended. <laughs> I think because like I but that's what I'm saying is I think he does a good job creating just like plot oriented tension and drama and like you're gonna get that and he's gonna do some really cool shots like that's what you get with a James Cameron film like the Terminator movies are both pr- pretty suspenseful there's a lot of good drama in those films you know the second Alien which I know you've never seen I mean I, I did not like the first Avatar. I didn't. I remember liking it, but not thinking that it was like anything great. Yeah. And I don't understand why there are more of them. But anyway. Well, Titanic. You like Titanic? I love Titanic. We're coming up on the 25th uh, anniversary, where it's going to be re-released in theaters. Yeah. Woohoo. So I don't know. I think I think he. You know the 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 theme of the marriage. And him trying to bring her back to life. That whole sequence I thought was very powerful where she convinces him to let her drown, but then hopefully bring her back was intense. Well, that was that was a great scene with the two of them in that, I don't know, what cab one. I I don't know what kind of vessel it was. It was called cab one. Um, But that's also the that scene is the picture for our coming soon ATKGD. And. His face, when he, like, looks away from her, his face is like, oh, he's, like, telling her, like, you can figure this out, you're smart, and then he, like, turns away, and his face is like, we are fucked. We are super fucked. Um, he was, he was great in this. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought the two of their chemistry was great. I think, yeah. you're right, that whole sequence to me was good. Um, the little cab one car chase scene underwater was cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, it won, I think it did it win for Best Visual Effects. It won the 1990 Oscar for Best Visual Effects. It was nominated for Best Art Direction, Best Cinematography, and Best Sound. Um, oh, and I was wrong. 40% of the live action principal photography took place underwater. Actors played their scenes at 33 feet. What, like, okay. The rest of them were okay, right? I mean, none of them were, besides Ed Harris I mean, and her. It was, the rest of them don't have m- too much to do, right? Correct. Like, when Finley dies, I feel like it was a glossed over moment in the film. He okay. screams, Finley! Finley's stuck behind that one wall and drowns. The one door seals. Oh, I forgot about that And he's that like, completely. cut the tubes, cut the tubes! And nobody does. And then they're like, he like dies, and he screams, Finley! But then, like, it's never, like, addressed till the end of the movie. Like, oh, we lost seven people. I'm like, yeah. you never dealt with the death of seven crew members? Like, especially one that had a really dramatic yeah. moment. Like, it it was moments like that that were a little, like, cornball-y, like... 
But I yeah. bought that they had been a crew for a long time. Yes, yes, like yes, yes. Their, like, the entire rig's chemistry was really good. Um, totally forgot that there was a third Navy guy. Like, I thought it was just the two of them. Plus oh, the, the guy that died the underwater. Guy. So it's four yeah. of them, right? Yeah, they, they lose one in the initial crash. There's a guy that, like, gets injured but knows about the red breathable water. Right. And then there's a guy that apparently doesn't think for himself and just follows like, whatever people yeah. tell him to do. And then there's the crazy guy. He's like Kronk. The crazy like, guy that's from uh, Terminator, yeah. Who is he in Terminator? He's John Connor's father. Oh, Come you like on, giggled bro. when he like came on yeah. screen and I I didn't know why. Because he always plays like those type of roles, like the militant <laughs> like weirdo. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people in this. Yeah. Like a lot of like character actors that like you see on TV. The doc, the bad doctor from Scrubs. Yeah. Um, and who's the guy from Shit's Creek? I can't the remember. Mayor, Chris, Mayor Shit. Chris something. Yeah. I have more details on the grueling shoot. Okay, yeah. A, sorry. No, go ahead. It was a six-month, six-day, 70-hour week isolated set. So isolated set means that they, they I, my understanding is they, they don't leave the set. Like, they stay there. Um, at one point... Mary Elizabeth Mastrojani, I think it's Mastroianni. That's what I said. Had a physical and emotional breakdown on set. And at one point, Ed Harris burst into spontaneous sobbing while he was driving home. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> fucking directors, man. Cameron himself has, has admitted, quote, I knew this was going to be a hard shoot, but even I had no idea just how hard. I don't ever want to go through this again. And then one of the actors is quoted as saying, we were giddy pigs in a way. Um, Jim, James Cameron, wasn't quite sure how this was all going to go down. Um, Harris told Entertainment Weekly that in uh, the drowning scene, he was screaming at her to come back and wake up. And I was, and quote, I was slapping her across the face and I see they've run out of film in the camera. There was a light in the camera and nobody had said anything. That's when he got pissed. So he's like slapping her awake and like they're not even recording. And Cameron just let, let them do it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep, so brutal shoot, but I'm like watching it going, there's no way this shoot couldn't have been miserable, especially be doing it the way Cameron wanted to do it, where it was like all be all realistic, like underwater. Like, I really yeah. want to know how they did the red, the red breathable liquid scenes that Harris, they put him in a fucking suit and fill it with water and like just take quick shots. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. I'll look it up. Unless it's just like a... That's what I was thinking. Yeah, like a layer of water. Yeah. Probably. It's got to be. <laughs> and those cameras like, no, you're going to breathe water, Ed. <laughs> we need all this Hey, Ed, we think we created breathable water. You want to give it a shot? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Question. Yeah, answer. I don't understand how they could swim. So, like, in that one scene where they're like, oh, he, like, tied off the door. We got to go into the moon pool. And they, like, swim under the rig. Yeah. Aren't they, like, too low down to be swimming underwater without suits? Like, wouldn't they be crushed? I don't know if the pressure is that I mean, intense. not in a 33, 50-foot pool. But I know the water's cold because they made that a point. But um, yeah, I just kind of suspended enough to disbelief at that point. I mean, he does the little, they just tie weights to his ankle and he sinks two miles at one point. And they're like, oh yeah. man, this is insane. Which when you just saw like, the whole thing. He's this, like this, having, sorry. No, ahead. you just saw the one submarine just crush like a tin can and yeah. Harris just like sinks no problem. Yeah. Um, and also like he's having all of this like crazy nerve damage. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he just like all of a sudden just sort of like 
boop, lands on top of the bomb and is suddenly fine and can, like, type. And he's like, it's, everything well, is great. I almost wonder if you're led to believe that because the aliens are there, things are easier or they're able to control more or are they watching him and protecting him? Okay. Because even she says at the end, like, when they come up, they should have depressurized. They didn't need to. I'm okay. just put grasping my straws here. All but. right. Well, let me. Let me this read. is where like people like like, oh, like you know James Cameron claims to be um, real scientifically accurate, and then he does dumb shit like that, and you're like, ah, eh. I feel like you're only accurate when you want to be, James. Uh, all right. So we got um, Hayweed thirty three says good movie. Nice. Take. Um, Avant Pop, which is Morgan says, might be my favorite Cameron. His best mix huh. of spectacle and sentimentality. Also, Ed Harris's performance absolutely floored me the first time I saw this. He showed me what actors were capable of when I watched this as a 10-year-old. Hmm. Easily the best performance I'd seen by that point. I mean, Ed Harris is pretty fucking good in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Florence P. Fan says, James Cameron can do no wrong. This was amazing. I can still watch this one and be impressed. A uh, huge crush on Mary Elizabeth. Like, yeah. I'm kind of like... Yeah, we we saw Scarface, Color mm-hmm. of Money, and this now with her in yeah, it. Yeah, and she's good in all three. And she's good in all three. Um, and then I have one from Ben Nissen Art, who was the person who recommended mm-hmm. this, Ben. This movie was ahead of its time for the VFX. Yep. Visual effects, is that what that means? Sure does. Whoa. <laughs> also <laughs> love... just figure that out? Yeah, love okay. the sense of wonder it created. Yeah. I remember so. as a kid the big water head face scene. That was like a big deal when it happened. Yeah. I feel like I remember that too. I wonder if it's like clipped Yeah, somewhere. all the time. Yeah. Probably in, in the scene it <clears throat> game. Probably. I know so many clips from that game. So you liked it? Question mark. Um yeah, I think I liked it. <clears throat> I think I liked it. Okay. No, I was like along for the ride the whole time. Okay, so what do you want to give it? I would probably give it three and a half, we're maybe doing, four. We're doing numbers. Is that yeah, we start, do? We're doing letterbox stars. Right? Oh, that's right. We started doing that a season or two. Ago. I mean, yeah. you know, you don't Out of five ever stars, you don't right? ever go on letterbox. No, thanks for leaving me there on it. my own. I know, I know. I need to do it. <laughs> um, so it's out of five, right? Sorry, we took like a two month break, so I'm a little, oh, I'm a little, yeah, it's out of five, five fuzzy. stars. Um, I don't know if I would go three and a half or four. Tell me what your what your. I think score three is. and a half sounds right. It's hard to call it the best Cameron when you got Terminator, Terminator Two, and Aliens all all in there. Yeah, I mean it's good. It's a good sci fi survival film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think three and a half is good enough. Okay. I mean, I'm trying to think what's wrong with it. I feel like the cast itself, or like the chemistry within the cast, and maybe that's just from having gone through essentially like the trauma of being directed by James Cameron for this film yeah. united them, but their chemistry elevates it a little bit. Yeah. I guess there's like, there's like some things that bother me, like it's just purely from a story standpoint. There's a, this is really my problem with most Cameron films. He does things just to do them. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if the underwater car chase scene needed to be as long as it was. You know what I mean? I don't know. And some of his stuff he does is very choreographed. 
mm-hmm. like the the red water in the beginning with the mouse, you know that's coming into play later. They hate each other when the movie starts. You know they're going to get back. They're going to end up loving each other. You know, you don't know if one was going to survive or not, which was a nice twist on that arc. Um, people also just keep making it. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? It was there it, needed to be like another death post Finley. Yes. Besides coffee. Yes. Like of somebody that like we cared about. Well, to give everything a little more weight, because it had a little bit of that, and it is, it's kind of a campy, cheesy 80, 80, what came out in 89, 80s film, but it had that feel to it where it was like, there wasn't quite enough danger. Like, you knew there was danger all over the place because they're underwater, but this crew manages to always get out of it, and essentially there's oil riggers, right? Yeah. There's oil guys, so like... Yeah. If like, if like one shot... Or um, who is his other bud there that, that goes through the moon pool with him? I don't even remember yeah. that guy's name. But if either one of those two had died, I think I would have been, like, really upset and, like, even more invested and, yep. like, on the edge of my seat. It's like he takes a lot of risks with how he, the technical aspect of filmmaking, but not with story. Mm-hmm. His stories are always kind of... Like... Almost formulaic. Yes. Quite. Generic. Which, again, I, I don't think he does it necessarily poorly, which is why we're both giving it a three and a half, right? It's not bad. Right. You know, you are invested. You're on the edge of your seat. But when you look back on it, you're like, that kind of played out exactly how I thought it would. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Though um, I didn't, you know, I really thought, I didn't think he was going to die. Like, I never thought that he was going to die at the end because I really was like the underwater creature aliens are gonna come save him 100 percent. not even but i thought that she was dead yeah i thought she was gone and that was i mean they they carried that scene out for quite a while yes and it was a great scene yeah i really thought but like the crazed maniac navy seal is a little bit like meh you know and then his little henchman who's just like i think we're going too far he's like you don't understand we have to go too far and he's like Okay, I mean, give me that Uzi. And you're like, what? Whoa. I'm Um, on board for this. Yeah, and then the nuke that they, that they, where they get to nuke the aliens. So then, like, he goes down. Like, you have this big dramatic moment where she, you think she's dead. And she has a strong heart. She wants to live. And she ends up coming back. And then, like, the nuke sequence, the aliens almost feels like an afterthought. At that point, because I felt very emotionally spent at that point. Yes. And now we just watch him drop down two miles for like five to ten minutes. And then he has a little grab-assery with aliens. And then <laughs> and then, and then the movie ends. And you're yep. like, oh, that last pit seems like an epilogue. Um, and I, was, I also didn't understand, like, why they needed to go get the nuke. Like, was it set to blow up at a time? I have no idea. That that's what I mean. Like there was no even f- for Cameron. Like wouldn't a ticking clock have just built some suspense there? Like oh, we gotta disconnect the wire. Yeah. But why not just leave it there? Like, yeah, I have I, no idea. You know, I really thought they were it, they were like sending it. Yeah. Either they were sending it down to the other submarine submarine to then blow up all the nukes. I think that was the original plan. But I think crazed Navy SEAL guy was like fuck these aliens because the water guy went for the nuke. So he was like, let's nuke these aliens. They went for the nuke and they think it's cute. Yeah. That was a great line. 
Yeah, like not, I guess it's just not a great villain. I liked the idea that it was like someone who was so paranoid and not of sound mind that like it was like you didn't know, like that character could do anything at any moment. Yeah. Uh, and probably more could have been done with that. Yep. And then I liked how they treated his death because it was like a moment of like clarity for him where he's like, oh shit. And they're, you know. I think about what was that movie with Sandra Bullock where she's in space? Is that Gravity? Gravity. And like essentially space is the antagonist there, right? She's just yeah. trying to survive space. I feel like it could have been more of that and less of the crazy Navy, Navy SEAL. You know? Yeah, probably. Because Mother Nature ends up taking the crane down, which pulls them almost over the edge. And it's almost like, well, at this point, I feel like a lot more things could have gone wrong that would have put them in in, in tricky situations. Well, but ultimately the movie is about the aliens. So how are you going to yeah. get them down to the aliens? No, I know, I know. I'm just, but is it about the... I mean, I don't think... That's the thing. Is Do the aliens need to be part of this movie? No. Like, that's what I'm saying. With In the theatrical version that you just watched, the aliens are almost like a backdrop. In the version I'm used to, they end up being a crucial part of the ending of the film. In this version, in the theatrical version, they're just there. Yeah. Which is like, okay. Like If they're just going to be there, then almost leave them a mystery and have it yeah. be about the crew. But then to have this weird, like, like dramatic music, oh, as a I ship know. rises out of the water I and know. everybody's smiling... And he comes out of the ship was very, like, I don't know, it's almost like the extended version is the, the better version, which I think it probably is. So, three and a half for this one, maybe four stars for the extended version, if I had to be picky about it. I don't want to watch it again, but now I want to know what the extended version is. I'm never going to know. No, you're ne- never going to know. Never going to know. Thanks for listening to another episode of After the Kid Goes Down, the podcast where we watch movies after our kids go to bed. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. See you next time. After the Kid Goes Down is brought to you by Matt and Nicole. Research by Ariana Gracia. Music and editing by Kate Falconer. Produced by Matt Robinson and Nicole Robinson. Associate producer, Kate Falconer.